0: If you imagine someone who is brave enough to withdraw all his projections, then you get an individual who is conscious of a pretty thick shadow. Such a man has saddled himself with new problems and conflicts. He has become a serious problem to himself, as he is now unable to say that they do this or that, they are wrong, and they must be fought against. Such a man knows that whatever is wrong in the world is in himself. And if he only learns to deal with his own shadow, he has done something real for the world. He has succeeded in shouldering at least an infinitesimal part of the gigantic, unsolved social problems of our day. Carl Jung Every part of our personality that we do not love will become hostile to us. Robert Bly Uh. Welcome to Self Talk. I'm Rachel Astarte. In this episode, we're talking about a part of the human psyche called the shadow. Psychiatrist Carl Jung coined this term to refer to aspects of ourselves that remain hidden or part of the unconscious, personality aspects that our egos are consciously unaware of because they've repressed them or rejected them, banishing them to the darkness or the depths of our unconscious. So these elements, that are banished, are often negative. Things like greed, or murderous desires, or jealousy, or rage. Essentially, they're aspects that society frowns upon. So in order to get along well in the culture that we live in, we repress those parts of ourself. But the shadow isn't always comprised of negative traits. Sometimes we repress our divine nature, or our relevance in the world, our worth, either because society finds these elements suspect or because we have other issues, for example, low self-esteem. Eric Neumann, who is a psychologist and a student of Carl Jung, describes the shadow really beautifully, and here's what he says. All those qualities, capacities, and tendencies which do not harmonize with the collective values, everything that shuns the light of public opinion, in fact, now come together to form the shadow that dark region of the personality which is unknown and unrecognized by the ego. That pretty much sums up what the shadow is. But what does the shadow mean to us in our lives? Why should we care? Why is it important for us to even notice it? In order for us to live as our highest selves, we actually have to integrate all aspects of who we are, not just the pretty bits, but the dark bits and the unpleasant bits as well there can be no part of our psyche that remains alien to us so what does that look like well carl jung again talks about individuation and that's the process of becoming your true self or your highest self by overcoming societal and cultural pressures to live or think or feel or behave a certain way dropping the personas or those false selves that we adopt in order to fit in to the rest of society and beginning to realign with our deepest nature, the true self, so that we're not looking to society to justify who we are. We ourselves are looking inward and saying, is this who I am? And I am the one, I am the arbiter of truth and what is right, as opposed to something or some body outside of myself. So that's done in part with the process of integration or assimilation of the shadow. To assimilate the shadow, you have to do a couple of things. First of all, you have to realize what the shadow is. The simplest definition is that which we repress or keep down in our psyches. In the previous episode, we talked about problems being blessings, pointing you in the direction of wellness. Well, this is the same thing when we face the shadow aspect of the self. It may sound distasteful and bad because we're dealing with oftentimes Negative or parts of ourselves we don't want to look at the the gunk clogging the pipes of our psyche, but we have to dig out the hair that's all clumped with toothpaste and spit and soap scum, and nobody wants to do that when you think of it that way. you can see why people avoid doing shadow work. Carl Jung says people will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own souls. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light but by making the darkness conscious. So once you know what the shadow is, once you realize what those elements are, you have to be able to recognize them when they show up in your life. You may recognize the shadow in the way that you behave, being forgetful, for example. So you may ask yourself, what does it mean every time I can't find my keys when I have to go to work? Or shifting your attention from one thing to another, What is it that makes you need distraction? That's where the shadow is. A really easy way to find your shadow is to ask, what pisses me off? Or rather, what aspects of other people's personality piss me off? Maybe you've even targeted one particular person to project all of your shadow rage onto at work or politically or someone in your family. I can think of a few people myself Again, Carl Jung points out that knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darknesses of other people. So if you are trying to heal the world by being the best human being you can be, and that means doing the work on yourself, even recognizing your own darkness helps you to see the darkness in other people and realize the interconnectedness between the two of you. But you can't see it if you're not looking for it in yourself. Now, it doesn't mean that. Other people are not distasteful or even dysfunctional in their actions. What integration of the shadow means is that you face and take ownership of that hidden part of yourself. Everything that pisses you off about somebody else is the alarm bell saying, That's it. That's your shadow. Assimilate it, integrate it, swallow it. There's the Buddhist teaching that says we should thank those who make us angry for showing us what we need to work on. And I think that's, that's a pretty nice way of looking at it, at least when you're dealing with anger. So let's look at an example. Now, I consider myself to be fairly even keel, an open-minded person. I believe that everything in the universe is my sibling, and I do the best I can to live that truth. Until I get behind the wheel of a car and some pinhead cuts me off. I can, and I have, screamed, it's okay, you know, gritting my teeth at the offending person, releasing the person's terrible behavior into the universe and and, uh, centering myself and, and all of that. But sometimes doing that actually makes me feel worse than if I would just yell. It's definitely not as satisfying as imagining a cop pulling him over right at that moment or his car miraculously seizing up in the middle of the road and watching him have to kind of inch over to the breakdown lane for being so selfish. These are not nice thoughts that I'm having. These are shadow thoughts. These are the parts of myself that I have repressed. And the part that I've repressed is the selfish, egocentric part of myself. The part that doesn't give a rat's patoot if I inconvenience another human being the part that even feels entitled to drive whenever and wherever and however I like. We can go even deeper than that. I've repressed the part of me that is so self-absorbed that it doesn't even know to care about anyone else. Oh, that hurts. But at the same time, I can hear you say, well, what's wrong with that? It is good to care about others. Why would you, why is that a, a bad thing? Why is that a repressed thing? It's important to share the road with others. These people have to learn, of course. But remember, it's not about what's right or wrong. It's not about the act itself or the feeling itself. It has absolutely nothing to do with the virtuous or non-virtuous actions of my pinhead brother in human form who cut me off. It's not about him and it's not about the thing. It's about my awareness of what I have hidden in myself. So how can I integrate this shadow self? Well, first, I need to be aware of it. I need to name that which I have hidden, in this case, the whole selfishness thing. I also need to embrace it without judgment. I need to shed light on the parts that I've kept stuffed down so they're no longer hiding in the darkness. I'll give you a softer version of how integration looks. There was a wonderful American poet named Lucian Strike, who was also a translator of Buddhist writings and Zen poetry. He was a colleague and mentor of my father's, and also a family friend. As a Buddhist scholar, you can imagine that Lucian was very respectful of the earth and all its inhabitants. He was also a smoker. When he came to visit, once in a while, he would consciously toss his cigarette butt onto the ground along the path he was walking a consciously disrespectful act. Now, he would always pick it up on his way back, but the act of disrespecting the earth, even momentarily and in such a small way, kept his shadow integrated. The shadow part that shuns anything that is not in constant reverence of nature. It stopped him from projecting his shadow onto others and perhaps feeling anger or superiority toward those who litter or worse, those who profit from the destruction of the earth. He made his shadow part of himself so that he could meet its outside manifestation with equality and compassion. Again, Jung teaches that if you don't deal with the hidden aspects of yourself inside, you will meet them in the outside world. Do you ever wonder why you attract the same people to yourself over and over again? That's why. We are self-regulating beings. If your dreams can't get your attention, then maybe your thoughts will try to get your attention and your body will try to get your attention. And if none of that works, or even simultaneously, this can all be happening at the same time, the very thoughtful world will provide you with countless opportunities to practice integrating your shadow. It's all part of becoming our highest self. Carl Jung says, the privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. Until next time, many blessings on your path. I'm Rachel Astarte. Thank you for joining me on Self Talk. Aho.